1: When Raw ends, when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewind around with John Pollock and waiting. the A-Team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewind A for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the Post Wrestling site. It's Rewind A for Monday night on USA Now on the John and Wade, take the mic.
2: Hello everybody, welcome to Rewind A Raw, I am the always happy MPG John Pollock joined by Wayten. How are you, Way? Well,
0: I'm good, John. Um, so you know, before we we go on the air, I mean, at what is it now? Eleven o seven p.m. Eastern. You know, and i I'm, I'm pretty sure we had a bit of an overrun today, didn't we? It always feels like we have an overrun. So I mean we set out to start live at eleven oh five and God, it's like it's it's becoming that much more impossible by the day. Anyway, so we don't have much time to chit chat before these live streams, John and I. So I just simply asked John how he's doing and you could just tell in the man's voice. Ugh. It's okay. one of those nights. Yeah. So
2: Okay. I literally found out four minutes ago that I think our washer's broken, and I just th- there's only so much I can take away. And oh it's goodness! It's just like a, a crumbling of just my my spirit. Okay, and it's Damn. just
0: didn't you just deal with this?
2: Yeah, I dude, it's always something. Okay, there's oh, always man. something that is broken. There is always something that needs attention, and it's just like can can I get a break? no the break is reserved for you On, lances I'm, I'm i just right. want to rent i just want to go back to let, i'll live in a tent
0: i mean it, honestly it doesn't seem like the, the worst deal sometimes right you know i um i if this ever um doesn't work out you know this podcasting stuff with post wrestling i mean i know what, what do you want to do i know what my second career is i'm i mean i'm gonna be a plumber Are you kidding me you'll always have work i think i'll be a millionaire Quite frankly, you know, there's always something to do. Like I'm, I'm trying to look for a plumber right now to deal with my water pressure. And
2: um, they're always busy, always booked up. So maybe that's what we'll pivot to. So my dad told me to do in high school. He always hit on me. He's like, be a plumber, be a plumber. That was yeah. always his advice to, towards me. And I never took it seriously. And, you know, I, I felt it was just he thought like, you know, just shoot for some. He, he was also the one that said, you know, like university isn't for everyone. Like, okay, what, what are you trying to say about me? And he's, you know he's
0: what? Absolutely, he's absolutely right. He's it's 100% right. As,
2: as I've gotten older, I was like, there, there was a lot of wisdom here. A lot of mm-hmm. wisdom that he was uh, bestowing upon me. I definitely didn't need four years of university. Definitely did not need it. Yeah. yeah. I could have done two years at like a college and I would have been fine.
0: For what we learned, yeah, two was definitely enough.
2: <laughs> I can't say like there there, there is definitely a value of what I got out of that. But versus yeah. like the, the time spent and um what I've like, uh, Yeah. I mean- there you go. Mm. Um, Deep in debt is more than just a Kazuchika Okada, uh, former hold. Yes. Yes. Thanks. Top of, top of everyone's mind way. How, how was Wu Tang?
0: It was fantastic, John. It was my, um, I guess not so much wrestle dream, but it was a, a, another dream, you know, of mine to be able to see Wu Tang in concert. Uh, they played with Nas and De La Soul yesterday here in Toronto. And uh, I've never seen them before. Um, and, you know, none, like none of I, them? I've seen them individually. I've seen I've seen the just oh, being like Raekwon Ghostface. But see. I I once tried to go to like, uh, what was it? Like, I think I tried to go to like, I don't know, Peterborough or something or Pickering to be able to see like a show with like you, God and Inspector Deck. And um, I think it might have been like Jiza I don't know. And then I got turned away at the door because, like, I knew somebody who was supposed to get me on the list, somebody that you know actually worked with us. And it turned out that he, that person, ended up not having those connections. Oh and I didn't goodness. find out until I got there. Anyway, um, tell, tell that's all. Afterwards, that's all to say that you know, it, it's like it, it, in order to be a Wu Tang fan, I feel like, it, especially in Canada, you have to collect each of them separately, and you have to do this over the
2: course of several years because they're I'd, like trading cards.
0: Yeah, because like I—I I mean, to my recollection, I don't know how often they necessarily toured before, um, like all together, you know, before a certain um year, um. But then, even when they did tour together, I felt like it was a pretty rare circumstance where you'd get all the members together, and I thought that was going to be the case tomorrow or yesterday, I should say. You know, I didn't have those expectations. And in fact, they kind of played with those expectations. So, like, they'll start, they'll do, like, the individual introductions. And then what would happen often is, like, you know, they'd start getting doing doing their songs. And then they'd have, like, members do the missing members parts. And they did that for, like, the first half. And then um, the word was that, you know, they had everybody except Method Man. Because, like, I guess he's involved in some sort of acting project. He's kind of, like, you know, the biggest star of the group. And then the Method Man shows up. You know, for Wu Tang Clan, ain't nothing to fuck with, and it 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 just it made me go crazy. It was like seeing Adam Copeland come out to to, to his old theme song. You know what I mean? Or, or to his new theme song as well. Uh, old and new theme song, sure, whatever. But um, I
2: I don't think that uh, Method Man would ever attach his name to something called Metalingus. <laughs> well he was uh, he did do a song with I think them. a lot of people are just realizing the name of this like this awful name for <laughs> yeah. the, like it was just a terrible name for a song that I think so many fans have grown up just l- loving this song and this is the first time they've actually realized w- what it's called And it's just like this, like the stupidest name for a song
0: I mean when you've heard it long enough i mean you'll, you'll kind of accept anything right anyway so uh it was a dream come true and on top so of you that had, I, you
2: were not expecting method Man.
0: Mm, not at all not at all i had known that he had shown up at, at some of the new york shows but i mean that's kind of new york right you know that's mm. their home territory um, but what it turns out is that um he actually seems to be on tour like with them the whole time now. And I think it's
2: part part partially due to the actor strike. So it's really worked out. This actor strike has been a godsend, I guess, yeah. for for a lot of these people. Well, I'm glad you had a great time. It sounds like it was a very fun show. I, I saw some of your videos. Looked like it was a really big crowd on top of it. Uh it seemed pretty full to me. This was yeah. Scotiabank.
0: Scotiabank, the same place where Forbidden Door took place. So yeah thank thank you very much for holding down the fort here i mean i i know i missed quite the pay-per-view so thank you and john ceno especially you know um I, I mean if there's first of all he informed me that the concert was, was on the same day as wrestle dream and um if there's a wu-tang uh fan out there who understands i'm sure it would be john ceno so no on his birthday weekend no less so
2: yeah, the he also MVP. held it back from you he was like when you were stating about like Method Man, uh, probably not being there. And I think he knew what the answer was, but he let you just enjoy it organically. He could have really WH'd you.
0: Clearly a man who understands the value of spoilers. So thank you, John.
2: Well, off the top, we are going to get Wade's thoughts on Wrestle Dream, And we'll, we'll talk a bit about uh, Adam Copeland, which was the big news story coming out of Wrestle Dream. But we wanted to spend a little bit of time at the beginning of the show to go over this month at the Post Wrestling Cafe. Uh, we had already mentioned to you Uh, on on over the weekend that we have been introducing audio news updates that I've been doing and those will be coming out a minimum of three per week for Double Double and Espresso members at the Post Wrestling Cafe. We did this on Friday and did one for today's news updates and we're going to provide a sample for all patrons for Wednesday and Friday. So at any level on the cafe uh, you'll get to sample these Audio updates. And then beginning next Monday, they will be exclusive to the double double and espresso tier and ad free shows. Not the other podcast network, but rather just the concept itself, as we will be adding uh, Rewind to Raw, Rewind to Dynamite, and our pay per view reviews on the Post Wrestling Cafe feed, commercial free for everybody. And that started last night with Wrestle Dream and will continue with this show.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not like we have like a ton of uh, you know uh, ad breaks on on these podcasts, but um, it's just sort of an added bonus, you know, that doesn't really take a whole lot of uh, extra work from us, you know, to upload. It's actually an
2: unadded bonus.
0: Ah, uh, yes, thank you, thank you, very good, John. Sorry. Yes, uh, but 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 it's something we just want to throw out there. You know, those some of you guys just want to hear the, the shows completely clean, and it's just a little bit of an added perk that we want to give to all of our uh, very kind patrons who keep this whole thing alive.
2: Some people might just seek out, like, you have some
0: beautiful reads, boy. that That is very true, yeah. Um, so, well, you can still download the other versions, sure. I, We're I
2: giving wouldn't. you options. We're giving you options. That's right.
0: In fact, you should just set the download on and not even listen to it just to kind of, you know, give us the extra um, hit. Download it on every device you have. You know, open up your iPad, download the podcast, okay? Like, it's 10 browsers at a time, just download them all. Go go around your office, go on your friends' uh, laptops, go on your coworkers' laptops, and just download Post
2: Wrestling. Well, this month, you will have a lot to tell your office co-workers about because um, for all CAFE members uh, this coming month, uh, look at this. Look at this uh, breathtaking graphic uh, that was uh, put together by the great Wei Ting. Uh, we are going to have two editions of Rewind Away this month, starting this Thursday with a review of Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, and Carl Weathers. And if you want to look at what was <laughs> – give me the most basic CGI – a film could experiment with in, in the, the late eighties, this was it. Okay. Have you wow. started this
1: yet
0: way? Uh, not at all. No, I'll be doing that um sometime tomorrow, but I'm, I'm very much
2: looking forward to it. I didn't know Carl Weathers was in this thing. And in fact, um, this, you and I have never seen this movie and it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, of the Arnold Schwarzenegger films. I would say it's, it's one of the, uh one of the more notable ones.
0: It's very true. Yeah, I feel like I've seen almost every Arnold film, or at least the classics, and this is definitely a series I've not watched
2: yet. So, yeah. So we're reviewing that this week. Uh, this was a selection because uh, I guess by by the loosest connection, Jesse Ventura qualified this as a as a review that we uh, took on Uh, but if you're not digging film reviews well later this month it's the big one Wrestlemania x7 will be reviewed by myself and Wei Ting that will be coming out October the 19th so two editions of Rewind Away uh, coming your way and then in November we're getting into WCW 2000 territory so you can uh, stay tuned for that Loki season two They gave me a new season (laughs) I'm going to be going back to Disney+. Plus. Uh, this will be uh, the return of Loki as uh, Rich Fan and WH Park uh, will be com- returning every Sunday night on the Post Wrestling Cafe. And they will be talking about the season premiere uh, this coming week. So this series drops Thursday, I understand, and then they'll be doing their reviews Sunday.
0: Yeah, I believe they come out on Thursdays now, and it'll give you the entire weekend to catch up on that week's edition. And then on Sunday... Look for WH and Rich and a series of guests to join them as they talk about it on MCU later.
2: New Japan, we will have uh, Karen Peterson and Bruce Lord coming together. We have Destruction in Rio Goku, which is next Monday. Royal Quest 3, which is the following weekend at the Copper Box Arena. And then Fighting Spirit Unleashed in Las Vegas at the end of the month. We will have a Bound for Glory review on October 21st with myself and John Sino. And then your cafe membership at all levels gets you weekly. Rewind to Smackdowns with the ability to call in at the end of the show. Collision Course with Kate from Montreal and John Cena, And of course, Ask Away, the our mailbag show each and every month. Uh, it is $6 that gets you in the door and access to all of these shows this month. 30 days access. And of course, you can go and grab all of the archives that date back. Way tells us over a thousand shows to just sit down and listen to one by one.
0: It is completely true. In fact, I have a way of tracking it because Patreon now offers these things called collections, which are basically playlists. And I tag everyone. You know, that's a that's an exclusive podcast. And I guess somehow in these five years, we have amassed over one thousand bonus shows. Just not even not even including what we do uh, normally on this free feed. Just on the Post Wrestling Cafe itself, one thousand plus bonus podcast so between that and also uh this week john pollock's daily news updates being read to you by john pollock himself um you'd be silly not to sign up for six dollars a month
2: yeah it's a little weird to be uh reading my own uh writing it's a a little different but uh, i'm enjoying these so far yeah it's just a just different
0: that's all you're very good at them like i mean listen um there are a lot of people who do one aspect of this job john handles like 10 different aspects of this sort of work and he does it all of the, at the John Pollock standard. You're basically a Wu-Tang clan onto yourself.
2: Jack of all trades, master of none, as they say. Uh, but you can check all of that post And most of all um, by joining the cafe, you're helping keep post wrestling uh, running and helps us contribute to a lot of free content that we put out uh, with a lot of contributors that we uh, continue to grow with. And uh, so that is, the lifeblood here at Post Wrestling Cafe. So check it out for a big month in October. And uh, yes, we will be putting out the audio updates for all patrons this week and then Double Double Espresso patrons uh, from next week onward.
0: And just by the way, um, in case some of you guys are unaware, we also have video available now um, for all of the podcasts. John and I do as well. So um, that that's available. Um, a lot of you guys are signed up on YouTube and might prefer it. Uh, we invite you to sign up at postwrestlingcafe.com where it's two dollars cheaper a month. You still get video and uh, it's just a little bit more of a it's a different website. But do continue to sign on wherever you feel most convenient.
2: Into the news we go, and we want to start off with uh, the passing of Russ Francis, who was a a very well-renowned NFL player with the New England Patriots and San Francisco 49ers, but had uh, quite a kind of side career in professional wrestling. He was the son of longtime uh, Hawaiian promoter Ed Francis. And, you know, he did a lot of wrestling for his father in the AWA and was part of the Battle Royal at WrestleMania 2 that featured the NFL players and the pro wrestlers, which was won by Andre the Giant. It featured uh, William Refrigerator Perry uh, the year that the Bears had won the Super Bowl. So Russ Francis, he was uh, he was with um he was with a fellow passenger and they were flying a, a plane on Sunday and crashed into a ravine. Uh, They were flying a Cessna 177 and ended up both men killed in the plane crash. And he was 70 years of age. So very, very tragic story involving him. But like he was involved, he would be playing football. And this was at a time when, In the offseason, he could go and do professional wrestling, something you would not have the same uh, abilities today. But there was a a period where he had retired from football out of frustration with the the Patriots organization and then went to work at uh, ABC Sports and then came out of retirement. So, I mean, the pro wrestling right in his DNA there, retiring and then unretiring in football. And then, (laughs) you know, continuing his wrestling career, like well into the 80s, once challenged uh, Nick Bockwinkle, for the awa championship there was a a battle royal they they did in the bay area that um was kind of built like rush russ francis being part of it um with the the connection locally with, with the 49ers and drew something like nine thousand people uh, as well and if you go into this uh this battle royal from uh wrestlemania 2 i mean he's introduced by gene okerlund as the son of ed francis and this was easily like the most capable of the football players when it came to professional wrestling itself. So 70 years of age, a very sad story, but seemed to be like, like an avid, uh, um, avid flyer and, uh, just a, a sad story of, uh, crashing a plane on Sunday. Wrestle dream, tons of fallout from this show. And I want to kind of, uh, lean on way here because, uh, how much of the show have you gotten to see? And what are some of, the uh, your big takeaways non adam copeland related we'll we'll get to that after but just about the show itself
0: i've seen the entire show at this point um you know some of it i did have to watch at 2x just to be able to you know manage a 5 hour show in the middle of of a, a day beyond my other duties but um the the matches i really wanted to see i i, I watched in in full Real time, and I thought it was an excellent show, which really should come as no surprise at this point. You know, just given AEW's track record, honestly, given pro wrestling's track record right now, anytime you have a collection of, uh, you know, talent like the WWE or AEW have, you just put them in any sort of a setting where they can have enough time to wrestle, you're going to get a high quality show. I think this was even beyond that. Um, you know, some buzz, um, at least from the press conference, suggests that this might have been one of the best shows of the year. I wouldn't disagree because i thought you had some really i thought this
2: was one of the best shows AEW has produced i i Mm -hmm. i could very well see this being show of the year it's it's going to be a candidate at the very least
0: some really high caliber um professional wrestling uh just across the board starting from i think the, the zero hour um i really enjoyed josh barnett versus claudio castagnoli i also in the same vein really enjoyed Eddie Kingston versus Katsuyori Shibata two wrestling matches that I felt um brought a whole lot of realism and as a tribute to what Antonio Noki seemed to prefer in his professional wrestling I thought those two matches completely captured it of course along with Zack Sabre Jr versus Brian Danielson which as a dream match completely completely lived up to the billing um as a fan of of you know grappling and technical wrestling myself I think they completely delivered Everything that you would have expected between a great story with, I mean, having Brian Danielson just come back from a broken arm injury seemed to be the perfect setting for a submission wrestling based match with Zack Saber Jr. Right? I mean, in character, it, he's about the, the worst opponent that a Brian Danielson could have given his state, and they completely capitalized on it with, I think, some really dramatic and violent submission storytelling.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I love that match. I think it was one of the best of the year. And I think that Brian Danielson has put together a year, even with several injuries this year, that when you uh, put together the MJF Ironman match, the Okada match that I think, I really enjoyed it in the moment. And then it was after the circumstances of how he worked the last half of the match. We have the Texas death match that he just did with Ricky starts on top of this. And we've still got uh, three months left in, in the year on, on top of it. Like Brian Danielson, this is shaping up to be one of his career years. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know, he in interviews, he stated that he, might have a list of opponents that he wants to wrestle within the company but um i i think it if it's anybody no matter what like he seems to be giving his full complete effort and at this point as fans we just hope that he stays healthy through it all don't we
2: we will get to adam copeland john moxley's commentary
0: (laughs) he's excellent he's great like, what a shocker, right? You know, one of the best promos in the entire company is um, really good at professional wrestling commentary. And I think what makes him so great is the fact that he truly seems to like he makes you feel like he really believes what he's watching. And and I, I don't doubt that even in the back, he's probably talking like this. You know, the guy is, I think, every bit um, of what you There's would There's an call
2: authenticity it. there. And he like he was to me the like. um I'm not going to say, like, the the dominant ingredient, but he was something that added to that Zack Sabre Jr., Brian Danielson match. Like, his excitement was just infectious. I thought him Mm -hmm. – I thought he brought out, like, a great uh, dynamic with Jim Ross. I thought those two gelled together very well. And Moxley – He and Nigel especially, I loved hearing those. They were great together. I mean – to me, Moxley, like he could very well be like AEW's Joe Rogan at, at a certain point if he was ever looking to uh, do more mm-hmm. of this. And I said this on Sunday, but I'd be really curious if they were going to have him do the Claudio match and just called the Audible to have him come back later for more. Because it was instant in that match of just all the feedback online towards John Moxley and people generally, I, I would say it was like 85 to 90% positive.
0: It helps that, I mean, these are his training partners, which, you know, um, I, I, it is a story thing, but I really get the sense that these guys are, are actually, in real life, training partners as well. Um, so he has a lot of reality to draw from, and he is, I think, every bit, like, I don't know, you know, what you might call a, a bit of a method actor, somebody who really wrestles as if he's truly fighting. And, you know, um, it, it comes across in, in the commentary. I'd be curious to hear him maybe commentate... Um, people that he might not be as familiar with and i don't know what the result of that would be
2: but um if he's know. not competing i would love him and lenny leonard to do the next blood sport together i think that would be fantastic that would be great that would be and, great too and for all we know he may he may end up like working the next uh blood sport but i would also mm-hmm. love to hear him do a uh, call like like that style uh as well he's too
0: valuable as a professional wrestler right you know to to put on the commentary desk but in a situation like this where for whatever reason injury prevents him from from uh, working yeah i'd love to hear a guest commentary spot
2: so how did you feel the the arrival of adam copeland was handled with uh with, with the video the reaction it got i think you know it was it, this certainly was not uh, an out of left field arrival but certainly it got a, an enormous response from the crowd in seattle and this was the dominant story coming out of the show
0: I thought it was really well done, really well handled. Um, I think the added touch of having the video just gave it an extra bit of polish that I wasn't necessarily expecting. And I don't even know if that was just like an AEW decision or if it was just a decision on his own that he decided to phone up Darby's uh, buddies to, to film. something.
2: Well, like it was – like John Carlo was doing the – was was there on top of it like i think this was like a you know aew, AEW project direction. itself but it seemed like th- those guys like had the reins to probably like direct the creative of this video it it looked great
0: but you know i i really do think like the cherry on top of the entire presentation is having metalingus uh great i'm sorry i had to say the name yeah it's a pretty bad name but um it's a it's a classic song. It's completely attached to the man's identity and if you're not going to have his name, having his music I think is almost even mm, I'm not going to say just
2: uh, more. I, I don't think say, the loss of Edge is any loss at all. Like I don't I, think so either. I always felt it was a name that he outgrew by the, the time like he was doing the comedic stuff with Christian, but it was just a name that stuck and it was just it was the branding of the character. I don't think there was any loss of losing this and I, again, like I think the Rated R superstar, I think for merchandise material that is to me even more valuable and at this stage of his career like i i think this guy if if this was a uh a divorce i mean he got the he got the sweetheart end of the deal he got it
0: pretty good for a guy that spent his entire pretty much his entire career within the wwe to be able to escape with as much as he has and listen losing the name is a big one okay like if you're advertising on um you know to a, to a non-aew fan well who's adam copeland Right. Like a lot of fans are, are simply going to know Edge versus blank a whole lot more. Um, but if you can't have that, like having the music is the next best thing. You're generating plenty of buzz. And in, in several months time, you would hope that he would have enough people knowing who Adam Copeland is um, the way John Moxley has, you know, or the way um, I guess Brian Danielson has you Know
2: Moxley's a great example. I mean, he was one that like that was of absolutely like Dean Ambrose was an active negative for him. I wouldn't call Edge a hmm. negative, the, the name itself, but for him, that was a great um transition out of it. But did
0: you see some of the trademarks that um he reportedly filed?
2: Yeah, so we we have got uh, do you cope have,
0: cope the legend L E D G E L E D G E N D? Um,
2: what about the uh. He could have gotten a rated R superstar Reg.
0: Reg. Okay.
2: Ledge. How about yeah. Adam Copeland? I think Adam Copeland sounds a lot better than these names.
0: Yeah. um, Kind of unfortunate that there are like five Adams in the company right now. And not to mention an Adam Cole, Cole already. But you right. know what?
2: It's like they have multiple Lees. They have multiple Starks. Like, do do we really get that confused over these no, things? Or is you're that right. just like a thing that has been taught to you that's like I can't possibly think of two people with the same name and not get them confused?
0: It, it, you're very right. You are very right. Um, but can you see him
2: cope? No, cope. I don't want to see. C- <laughs> it's like it le- this is a guy that he had said himself, like if he was if he realized it way back when like the name Edge, one of the things he didn't like about it was it wasn't a chantable name like it didn't have the multiple syllables and it's like cope (laughs) I guess so, but maybe maybe he just scooped up a bunch of stuff, anything that came to mind he just grabbed, but I, I think he's got the key stuff and I would just be moving forward with this Uh, In terms of the press conference he did afterwards with uh, Tony Khan, he, I mean, this guy was just over the moon, happy to be in AEW. He's going to be on Dynamite and Collision this week in non-wrestling capacities, but will be appearing. And then he will do his first match on title Tuesday, October 10th against Luchasaurus. So that is a loaded up show for AEW. They do not want to have a loss on an unfamiliar night. And this will make uh, tomorrow night's NXT very interesting to see what How much do they counter this show next Tuesday? Like, do you throw the gauntlet or do you just do a regular show? I mean, you're going up against a lot here and it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. They could throw FTR and the Young Bucks on that Tuesday, Uh, like title Tuesday. Mm -hmm. We've got one title match so far. Obviously, you would assume more are going to be added this week.
0: I see them stacking it certainly. Um, And if I'm NXT, what's the reaction? I mean, tradition or at least like conventional thinking would have you think that they would also stack, you know, their show. But um, what is it better to say that, like, OK, in the case in the event that they lose, is it better to say that, hey, we just put a regular show. So, like, we didn't even try. So good, good for you if you won, Or or do you want to be able to say we tried really
2: hard and we still lost um you know what what is the biggest play you could see them making of like a main roster person like is there a certain limit you would see or um, so so if becky's healthy then it would be a becky match becky's Um, an automatic i I would think like provide like they're they're actively advertising her for next monday so i think they're of the belief she'll be cleared to go it's not as though she has a concussion or something it's it's a it's a laceration that pretty
0: bad laceration
2: it's a pretty bad one but i mean it's one that you can maybe forecast that within a week she should be okay Correct. to go um if you want to go bigger like i mean cody has
0: yet to you know make the trip over to nxt and if you're looking to try counter an AEW audience having cody be the person would be pretty cody peatious. is
2: out there i mean like it It maybe it's
0: just um jade is, is another one that they could possibly you know use up by then
2: so yeah. yeah i mean i think it's i think it's great that you have this big night now where you're, you're gonna have both shows load up just and- like old times there you go the peaceful the, online social interactions that's it a lot of uh, a lot of a uh, you know r- rational uh discourse today about about this uh decision for a free agent to uh to to go to a competing company yeah. um any other thoughts on um adam copeland's comments that you did get to see i mean he is you know he was saying all the right things that you would want to hear very hard not to make the direct comparisons to CM Punk of how he came in and was saying a lot of the same things, even aligned with sting and Darby Allen after that first pay-per-view match that, that they had as well. I think people are going to be looking at this uh, quite differently, just given the, uh, the the history of Adam Copeland. And it is so clear of so many people on the roster that have spoken publicly since this uh, appearance that just grew up as edge the be all end all for so mm. many of these wrestlers that looked at him as this iconic figure,
0: yeah. I mean, um, the, the comparison points pretty much end there, you know, right?
2: Like, they, they end at, um, hey, like, he's friends with Sting and Darby, right? Like, because I, I, you, I know, you, you had like the same mission statement of, like, listen, my door is always open, I'm here to teach, I'm here to work with these young talents, I'm blown away by the roster. Like, this yes. was, you know, it was, and, and I, you're looking for the same kind of impact at least in the short term with adam copeland like i think it's a very fair comparison to look at you know what punk did and adam copeland here like a career wwe guy that is coming over and it is a short-term spike that you would be hoping to gain
0: certainly certainly in terms of like um you know what what they can do for the company i mean i kind of have uh, this lowered expectations for for adam copeland compared to cm punk just because i think punk it means that much more to an aw crowd um but I also feel more was more so speaking about maybe what we currently know about, you know, how the CM Punk run ended, because I don't think for a second you're going to run into any of those same backstage issues with Adam Copeland. Um,
2: Probably a good prediction.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, by all accounts, just seems like, you know, a, a really good, like, people person, Um, somebody who, you know, at this stage of his career, I think he's a perfect fit for AEW, because he, even in the WWE, he seemed to have a whole deal, like, a great deal of autonomy with his own creative direction anyway, his, certainly his own promos, he's more than capable of doing Um, without much guidance, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think I'm very excited to see, like, what he can do in this sort of, like, more of an open sandbox that AEW provides
2: yeah and he was very diplomatic towards wwe but at the same time i mean he he made it he met he mentioned multiple times how free he felt here like Mm -hmm. that was a word he used multiple times and the fact that it was like he stressed i'm a full-time guy i'm not going to just be showing up every three months and you definitely got the sense like he wanted to be doing more like when i looked today on his uh, profile it was like he did 28 matches in this whole comeback run in WWE and it did become a little like formulaic of, okay, now it's it's time for the injury angle for him to disappear and it would just be sporadic, you know, come back, do your program. And you know was not somebody that was so, used so sparingly that it was a giant deal when he showed up either. It was sort of like he was in limbo of guy that's working consistently versus, you know, the... You know, one or two matches a year. He was sort of in that middle where it wasn't just the novelty of Ed showing up uh, as well. But it's as we have seen, when a performer jumps, it's a fresh coat of paint. And I think with him, it is that much more uh, when you have all these different people to interact with and 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 who benefits a lot from this, like who he will be paired with and 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 what you can get out of somebody that let, let's be honest, he's turning fifty this this month
0: doesn't look it man and and certainly in ring i i would say he's still very much i think like the edge of old like we've we've only recently seen you know with his in-ring performances i think as a promo he's the best he's ever been you know so as a total package you can argue he's doing he is doing the best work of his career up until uh you know his, his, his today so i'm i'm I think there's there's, you know, a full time schedule is always risky, especially at that age and especially with the style that AEW demands of, you know, it, it, it's wrestlers. He's going pretty hard in WWE as well. But. It's,
2: it's a high level. He can't just come in and like, I mean, listen, the, the guy's a hard worker, but it's like the, if you're involved in like derby matches, like just look at what God. Sting has uh, put himself up towards. Like it's yeah. it's a high level on this. Imagine you being an Adam Copeland that just took in that pay-per-view last night. Like the bar is very, very high. Certainly, but you know
0: he's a guy who can um do a lot without necessarily taking the type of risk that I, a Darby Allen has to. with Darby at this point really doesn't need to take the level of risk he do, he does as well, but he he chooses to. But with that said, the people who benefit the most, obviously Christian. Okay, anybody who's had a prior history with Edge, I think you you know the Hardy suddenly have you know a, a, an anticipated rematch for anybody who might want to see that. But I think the, the the biggest beneficiaries might be FTR, who even though losing, they lost CM Punk. They have a new trios partner in in Adam Copeland. Rated FTR, I believe, is is what they've already teased the name to be. So you've already even got that already.
2: Some other notes from the press conference. Uh, we had uh, several injuries on the show. The, as Way mentioned, Darby Allen taking that gruesome uh, bump onto the stairs. Series
0: the of bumps. Yeah, I would steps.
2: say that one was the worst of them. I mean, that made everyone cringe. And then he showed up at the press conference with a sling. And we haven't heard any update yet, but he was said to be going to get it checked out after the press conference and still and, and then training to count to climb Mount Everest on on top of things. So busy individual. Mark Davis uh, appears, he certainly indicated that his wrist was broken. And if you watch the match from the power and glory spot, that appeared to be where the injury was sustained, and he had basically no use of of this hand, this wrist, for the rest of the match, even during the shatter machine spot where he had to use one arm uh, to, to lift him. Um, so that's, uh, man, Aussie Open, they, they have been snake bit with injuries, and unfortunately yeah. it looks like another one here with a with a potential break. And uh, Ray Phoenix, uh, this appeared to just be storyline related to keep this guy ready. And they're actively promoting him for Wednesday's match with Nick Jackson. And the way it played out with Penta being outnumbered and losing the fall, you could see that one being just sort of a precautionary measure. But uh, those were those notes. And then Tony Khan on his own at the end. This, by the way, was a two and a half hour press conference that they did uh, at the end of this uh, marathon level show, but he mentioned that wrestle dream will be an annual show. Doesn't know if they'll be back in Seattle, but um, he thinks this is their best run of pay-per-views, not just critical reception, but also the business that they have uh, generated. He is confident that this will top a hundred thousand buys based on the digital buys. And we didn't see the numbers for that jets chiefs game, which uh, I don't know uh, you were out, but man, my timeline was dominated by this Taylor Swift uh stuff at the game. 27 million viewers between NBC and Peacock watching that game. So that was a monster they were up against. Um do you look at let let's be uh let's say there's great word of mouth and they get up to like one ten, one fifteen with with replay buys. How do you view that number coming so close after all out? And also the first time they ran against not just an NFL game, but a gigantic game too. Wow.
0: I think it would be – have to be seen as a success, right? Like um, in my metric, I don't know how profitable these shows necessarily are for Tony Khan because I don't know how much money they cost. But um, I think what's more important is to be able to say, hey, we have every single month 100,000 wrestling fans who are willing to pay for this product. For him to be able to say that to his advertisers, uh, to to any potential company that wants to purchase these pay per views for some sort of streaming platform, that's huge. That's massive. These are people that are willing to spend this much money for on us fifty bucks. Um, bless If you VPN. if you use NordVPN.com, post, post wrestling, um, on us every single month, I, I I think that that's ultimately what's most important coming out of
2: these. He also mentioned interest in Katsuhiko Nakajima, which is interesting you would certainly see like if if nakajima does not have a a landing spot yet um that that's very interesting and maybe tony khan is being very open about this because it's not just a theoretical uh that that he's talking about but um this certainly if you're nakajima you're 35 if you're gonna make a big jump uh leaving japan now is that time in your career you want to do it you don't want to wait till you're too old to be doing this i
0: would almost say that like this answer I can't imagine any reason why he wouldn't be at least, you know, in AEW for a match or two. If, if the offers up out there, I have to imagine it would provide the biggest platform internationally for him, which in turn would up his value in Japan. If he ever, you know, chose to stick to a permanent landing spot in Japan. So I fully expect him to come in at this point.
2: They might ban him from wrestling. Brian Danielson. They might just be, no, we're, we're not putting you guys in a ring together. It's yeah. Just a no kicking match. <laughs> yeah. Um, Said it would be great if they could do something with Demetrius Johnson. Him and Kenny Omega are doing their uh, their Twitch uh, Street Fighter 6 game on Tuesday night, uh, which John Moxley was very disappointed. He thought this was a match happening on Dynamite. Um, <laughs> dude, I, I would love them to have Demetrius Johnson come in and do something. I, I would be totally stoked by that. Um, Has he expressed any interest in professional wrestling in the past? He's – I mean – he has developed into like a really great personality with his breakdowns on his uh on on his Twitch channel. And I think he would he has never really uh, followed pro wrestling and, and such. But I think if if they were to make it like a uh, something that you saw, like with Claudio and Josh Barnett, I think he would be I mean, he was their front row. And I, I'm sure he had a well, so with Sean Kemp is, is Sean Kemp going to come back. Are you pulling oh, out dude. those shoes? Dude, if it was 1996, I mean, that would have been, you, you want to get a million buys? It's, it's Sean Kemp, okay? <laughs> Bringing Gary Payton yeah. with him. Um, he also was asked and went into some detail about the negotiations with Jade Cargill, stating that he made a big offer to keep her that he thought was fair, uh, but then she came back and and had a higher ask. And Tony did increase, um, which Jade ultimately did not take, which he was surprised because his... I guess his second offer he made was larger than the first request that Jade made uh but said he only had good things to say about Jade Cargill and wanted to give her an excellent send off with Chris Statlander and even indicated that from the time they shot the angle on Dynamite to taping the match on Rampage he was holding out hope that maybe there could be a last minute deal that they reach so um Hmm. That would have been, uh, you know, it seemed like he was not just shutting the door uh, r- like literally right up until she walked out and did the match with Chris Statlander. But listen, um, this uh, I wrote about this uh, today and it's the same deal with Adam Copeland that mm-hmm. you have a viable alternative and you can raise your level and that is great business if jade cargill was looking for the best offer or if she ultimately like wwe was the destination she wanted to end up in great for her and she is now probably uh she probably greatly benefited by the uh, having two offers as opposed to one so this is this is a tremendous environment for talent at this moment
0: it's wonderful to hear about because it it tells you that there's there is a competitive marketplace and it's benefiting. You know, not every wrestler is going to get this sort of like you know bidding war over them, but the 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 ones that truly deserve it and stars the stars will. Yeah, like Jade Cargill, and it's 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 resulted in not just I'm sure more money for her, but. A really great push that she's getting in the WWE as well. So, I mean, this could tell you that, you know, she wasn't necessarily after money or could. We don't know. We don't know how much she was making in the WWE. She could have, you know, received an even better counter offer. But um, I get the sense that she probably. Of the two, if all things were equal, probably preferred to be in the WWE anyway. She just seems to me like somebody who, you know, really wants to have that extra mainstream sort of like um, stage. And obviously the WWE is going to be a bit more of a mainstream stage than AEW. Don't get mad at me, everybody, uh, for saying that. It's only the truth.
2: Okay, we'll go quick through here as we get to Raw, but SmackDown on Friday, 2,303,000 viewers, 0.6 in the demo, number one among all sports programs beating out three college football games. Rampage did 363,000 viewers and a 0.14 in the demo. This was actually their highest 18 to 49 number going back to August the 11th. So they beat the two hours of Grand Slam last week, but if we're comparing... 10 to 11 last week did have slightly more viewers for that hour, but this rampage did beat last week's uh, even the first hour in the demo. So that does tell you something. And it was the the big uh, first quarter um, that was the peak of the show for the 60 minutes Uh, highest female audience in the 18 to 49 demo going all the way back to April the 14th for rampage. Uh, some bad news for AEW is that they're going to have uh, stronger competition from the NBA in January because ABC, that is realizing, you know what, why are we putting all of our original programming uh, if we're still going through uh, uh, an actor's strike? They are going to take the NBA games um, that they have, and they're going to put them on pr- in primetime on ABC every Wednesday night in the month of January. So that will be uh, stronger competition that Dynamite will be going up against in uh, the month of January coming up. And then uh, that is all your news that you can find at postwrestling.com. And now we make the move over to Raw. This post wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's
0: Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio, If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Shyster. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future
1: you will thank you. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: Taking place on Monday night from San Jose, California at the SAP Center, WrestleTix.com reporting 9,486 tickets distributed up 25% from the last time Raw was here in this building one year ago. And we start off with a furious pace with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler brawling at the beginning. And this was all of uh, Nia Jax's, uh, this was like the, uh, this was like a Christmas Carol with like the ghost of uh, Christmas past, present and future, all all coming back here from uh, uh, Shayna Baszler, her former tag partner. Raquel Rodriguez, who uh, we learned has been out for weeks with whiplash. (laughs) Okay. I'll take your word for it. And then Rhea Ripley making her big return. All four are fighting. There's a riptide to a security member and this crowd, man, they were going nuts for Rhea Ripley as Jax is held back and not happening at Fastlane. So they are holding off on this title match for a future date.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's pretty uh, sensible, you know, just rather than rushing for the first week, I thought this one, this, could, was, this one
2: could be in saudi arabia potentially
0: yeah very possible i thought it was a great sort of um immediate start to the show without really kind of like needing to build up to it because you already know what the grudge is the first moment you you know saw Rhea or really any of these three share the ring with Nia Jax, you knew that this scene was going to happen and i thought it got the show off to a really good start i was maybe especially impressed in the fact that they didn't just forget about shayna nor raquel as you know being two people that were just cannon fodder for Naya. Seems like they're actually using them to tell some sort of story. They're trying to get their revenge as well.
2: Yeah, I kind of like the idea that you do have sort of like these multiple uh players in this title picture that you can mix and match. Next week they're gonna do Naya Jax and Raquel Rodriguez. So Damian Priest and Dominic come down and they explain that Finn Balor is not here tonight and uh and was not on the house shows this past weekend. So Rhea explains that each member of the judgment day has their responsibilities and she left for two weeks and things fell apart and she puts it all on Damian priest for not handling the job says that Balor is hurt and Damian priest is not medically cleared and his match with Jay Uso that they had promoted over the past week is off of tonight's show and also blames him for Dominic losing the North American title to trick Williams uh, because priest wasn't there like she told him to I mean. She in like the same sentence explained he's not medically cleared, but he was uh, not physically involved in this match on Saturday, which if I was Damien Priest, I would have said because I worked the house show on Saturday against Cody. That probably was that was a good alibi for Damien Priest.
0: Yes. And I guess beyond that, you could be um, okay to interfere, but not medically cleared.
2: Well, not on this show. He couldn't get involved. He didn't get inv- They even mm. explained backstage. He's like, I can't do anything tonight. Okay. So, mm. um, yeah. So Priest did work Cody on Saturday's uh house show, but then did not work on Sunday show. JD worked against Cody, so maybe something happened in that match. However, they are actively promoting Judgment Day showing up to SmackDown on Friday and this tag title match that we'll get to for Fast Lane. But Priest says, screw Cody, screw Jay. And he points out, I've got my titles, I've got my briefcase, where's Dom's title? And Rhea, who apparently in Australia got matchmaking power, has booked Dominic in a rematch with Trick Williams tomorrow night on NXT and tells Dom if you don't win the title, don't bother coming home. So Jay Uso comes out and says that Rhea has bigger balls than Roman Reigns ever had. And Dom ends up holding back Damian Priest. Notes that he's not cleared, so Damian leaves the ring, and it leads to a fight between Dominic and Jay, with Dominic being super kicked. JD McDonough gets involved, and then as they're beating down Jay two-on-one, out comes Cody to help, lays out Dom with the crossroads, and Adam Pearce comes to make sense of all of this, and he announces that for Fastlane, the number one contenders, after a run of uh, zero matches uh, teaming together, uh, at least on -on two-on-two action, Cody and Jay will challenge Finn Balor and Damian Priest for the tag titles
0: well john when you're a big enough star i mean you just jump right up in the rankings don't you
2: yeah Um, this this one was very strange this certainly felt like a show that had like we know about the issues with becky lynch um this sounds legit with damian priest not being cleared you had no balor you had no owens you had no mm zane and we went from that like tease of an eight man last week to this tag title situation and it just felt like a show that they actually, as of this morning, had something like six or seven segments announced between matches and segments. And it was like one by one. They got changed um, oh, because wow. of, like they were promoting Becky and Tegan Knox. They were promoting Damian Priest against uh, Jay Uso. They promoted Drew being on Ms. TV. And then they changed that around on the show tonight, which was more <laughs> storyline. But nonetheless, it was um, it just felt like a show that was uh, all like shuffled. Yeah, I'm
0: certainly interested in hearing about uh, Owens and Zane because it doesn't look like at this point they're going to be at Fastlane. And is there any particular reason for it or was it more of a creative decision? Um, a neat man, I think, would have been nice, but maybe having a title match is, you know, that much more, um, um, I don't know, appropriate for a, a PLE, I would say. But beyond that, I thought it was a good segment, you know, really hot crowd reactions for everybody. I love them continuing to play up the Jay Uso, Rhea Ripley flirtation. Um, it makes Jay I think, that much more uh, appealing as a baby face. And overall, I thought Rhea did a really great job here of basically coming back. And, you know, they say that um, Judgment Day has no leaders, but she's clearly being portrayed as one. And I think she does a great job of it.
2: They promoted all of the attention that Jade Cargill signing generated and, um, Did you see the article on the USA Network website today? Mm -mm. This afternoon, they put up uh, an article on USA Network noting the fact that they're not even like uh leading it uh to the vignettes they just flat out say that these nxt vignettes yes brian pillman jr is coming and mm. is another big uh acquisition from the competitors like we scooped them up <laughs> and God. it was just like the timing of it coming out like today and kind of like spoiling these vignettes that you're actively hinting at on television and just flat out uh stating yeah we've we got them we got brian pillman jr I mean, they're fairly obvious to anybody who
0: who's online anyway, but, um, I, I did read about some of the, uh, inaccuracies, I suppose in this one, yeah. I, d- I don't know if I'd expect hard hitting journalism from, um, uh, the broadcaster. Well, it's anyway. the USA network and it's just yeah.
2: odd because I've, I've never seen USA network really like, uh, do huh. anything like this, but interesting. Nonetheless, Elf Academy against Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci, man, uh, Chad Gable, uh, he did this great flying head scissors onto Giovanni Vinci, something you don't see uh, too often. Kaiser, Kaiser is trying to get the tag, and Vinci is not there because earlier he had been knocked into Vinci, knocking him off. They both actually knocked into each other at separate points in the match, and you think that they're just going to have their, their dissension continue, but in fact here it was Vinci coming to save the day because after Otis hits a caterpillar, uh, Vinci grabs Otis's leg from the floor. He drops off the turnbuckle and as Gable leaps onto Vinci with a cannonball to the floor, Kaiser hits a running in pinning Otis in 10 minutes and 46 seconds. So Imperium get a, a victory and Giovanni Vinci uh, staves off uh, death. I guess so. A good match,
0: really great reactions to Otis from this one. It felt like he was being presented as sort of like the, um, the focused one here. I'm not exactly sure what the result is supposed to um, advance because you know, it kind of extinguishes whatever that they're teasing with Vinci and, and Kaiser, right? You know, he, he's not incompetent, um, so everything's good, I guess. I'm not really sure. Um, no sort of advancement of Maxine and Kaiser's relationship either, and more um, maybe mm, concerning is what Gable's long-term goal of facing Gunther, um, well, obviously it's going to happen, but, like, it feels like at what point, because a result like this certainly doesn't um, build towards that either.
2: I believe that we're going to get uh, these four mixed and matched for the next eight episodes of Raw.
0: It's starting to feel that way, isn't it? Yeah, kind of tiresome. They,
2: they did a very good job on this show of airing like highlight packages of some of the big matches from No Mercy, including the Becky Lynch Tiffany Stratton match, which I thought was an awesome mm-hmm. match. Like, if you did not see No Mercy, I thought the last two matches were just excellent with uh, Ilya Dragunov winning the NXT title and this this women's match. I mean. Man, I was I was super impressed with Tiffany Stratton in this match. And, you know, it was working with someone the caliber of Becky. But, man, Tiffany Stratton, she's 24 years old. Where she is going to be in two to three years, um, like, the sky is the, is the limit for her. And I, I thought this was uh, another... Uh, really excellent performance, probably the best performance we've seen from Tiffany Stratton.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think she, she seems to be the type that, you know, the more you put on her plate, the more she's able, she's capable of, of excelling at, at. and this was a pretty big, big match with Becky Lynch in the main event with, you know, weapons and, and all this stuff. And I thought it turned out really well, especially understanding, you know the the pizza pocket that was dripping out of becky lynch's arm oh um God. you know throughout throughout half the
2: match it's disgusting what did you think about the barbie spot
0: a bit much
2: you know and i don't think it really the crowd reacted too well no, to it um, no i mean you're teasing something that's so synonymous with tax and yeah. to not I, I thought it was a really lame spot i can understand like they thought it was like this this cute idea i'll tell you though Becky took those dolls and there was one where she just like whipped her on her ass and yeah. she had this mark. Like I bet it hurt like a, like hell, but it looks so goofy that you're not getting any reaction. It's all the pain, mm-hmm. but none of the reaction. And it's like, I bet those things would hurt if you were whipping it as hard as you could. But yeah, that, that would be the one edit I would have made to that match. Uh, getting back to the show and Adam Pierce is with Tegan Knox, explaining that the match is postponed. And Chelsea Green enters and tells Knox to just suck it up. Some of us are just not championship material, referring to Tegan. So Tegan wants a match. And Adam Pierce's new catchphrase is, it is official. He used this twice um, on the show to make matches.
0: Are we, are we far from getting a t-shirt?
2: Ooh, that could just sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Yes. It is official. <laughs> I...
0: Think these delays have actually really worked out for Tegan Knox? I mean, she was supposed to, you know, we all know, get that first open challenge with Becky Lynch, and then that got changed to <laughs> Natalia for whatever reason. Now she was supposed to have this match this week, and then this got delayed as well. But it, 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 what's resulted is a lot of airtime for Tegan Knox. She's had several, you know, showcase matches at this point. She gets a lot of these backstage segments with uh, Adam Pearce. People are continuing to be reminded of who Tegan Knox is, so that this doesn't just feel like a one and done. So it's it's certainly worked out in her favor
2: when you compare to what that open challenge would have been like have a competitive match lose to becky mm-hmm. and is there no follow-up after that like maybe they had plans for her but we don't know and at least this they could way, still right? have those plans for the follow-up after the loss she got a story coming out of getting bumped and i would mm-hmm. say that's way more valuable than getting an eight-minute match on tv like yeah. natalia did that night pierce is uh oh, well then we go to the next match it's bronson reed and cedric alexander Wade Barrett, uh, very politely notes that Cedric has lost his way over the last couple of months, uh, got in some dives because he probably doesn't know when he'll be wrestling on raw again. And then it's uh, Cedric tries for the neuralizer gets a two count and then a cross body sent on and tsunami as Bronson wins in two minutes and 18 seconds. And they just continue to feed people to Bronson Reed for some payoff in the future. Who do you think? I I again go to, I I think he's a great candidate for Seth post Nakamura. I think Hmm. that that would be, a it's kind of this lull period. You've got Saudi Arabia coming up. You've got Survivor Series where if Seth isn't involved in war games. um, I could see Reed getting that spot. I mean, he's, you've also got, unless you're going to pull the trigger on it like a Drew turn, but it almost feels like Drew could go through Cody before he gets to Seth. So you have some options there, but that's, Hmm. that's one idea yeah i like that a lot pierce is on the phone and drew appears doesn't want to be on Ms. tv he did that last week but he's going to go out and speak to the people and pierce says he seems a bit off and drew mentions that no one was doing the right thing when the bloodline was kicking the hell out of me every single week they showed george kittle world-renowned penta penta fan switching his allegiance to Shawn michaels here who's this the the football player yeah with this, the
0: 49ers this? oh okay
2: Pierce then oversees a contract signing with Gunther and Tommaso Ciampa. And Gunther was just decked to the nines here. The match was going to be set up for next Monday on Raw. Ciampa says that Gunther gets opportunity after opportunity, unlike people like me who are served roadkill and expected to turn it into filet. I was going to say we're we're served tofu and have to turn it into (laughs) filet. And he dreams. He has dreamt of being the intercontinental champion since he was five. And it's not his. His family's going to be in the front row next week. I was like, oh no, Champa, don't do it. And he says he's not fighting for his family next week. He's fighting for that five-year-old boy. And Gunther just mocks him, like I show up to defend the most important title in the sport, and look how you're dressed. And Champa says, you know what? We could do this tonight. Gunther t- tells him, prove it. And he signs the contract, and it is official tonight. <laughs> they are going to do the ic title match with gunther and champa again another um felt like a you know kind of uh playing this this game of uh just mix and match to fill out this show and this getting bumped up a week
0: yeah yeah and um this is, is not that unusual these days you know especially like with their effort to try to keep these ple's down to what two and a half hours um you'll often maybe get these sort of changes with the, the week off. certainly on SmackDown that's happened quite often. And I don't think it hurts the card at all. In fact, I think it's a benefit to, you know, to Champa to get a bigger spotlight on a, on a, you know, TV main event, but it's a bigger audience. You're getting the main event role. And especially for the closing angle tonight, um, I thought TV was a better place for it.
2: So his family misses out on that trip to Omaha next week. Well, they could still go you could yeah if he's if he's on the show next week yeah um and and Champa's
0: promo uh, as expected was fantastic you know all the guy really needs is uh, the mic time and a match that's important enough for to get people's attention
2: judgment day is in the back and damien is talking about the fast lane match and he's complaining about it but jd explains that this title match could cause a wedge between cody and jay With Owens and Zayn in that Cody and Jay are going after the tag titles that Owens and Zayn want back. This was actually like perfectly logical Mm -hmm. thinking here. And even Damien had to like Damien. He wants to hate JD McDonough, but the guy keeps, uh, keeps like coming through in the clutch or making points that are very valid so that is the story there. JD
0: is is successfully manipulating his way into the judgment day or so we think you know it could it could it could be earnest um but, but because he's a heel it's more than likely manipulation I love that they're having Rhea warm up to jd first you know and then i mean priest is essentially the Jey uso Sami zane in the Sami Zayn storyline role right he's the last guy to warm up to jd while the rest of the group is starting to like him first um and i especially like the fact that you know ria is being presented as the smart one of the group and jd is very much the cerebral uh, uh, cerebral you know type of character as well
2: judgment day mcdonough
0: jd that, that's yes that's it. perfect that yeah
2: Xavier Woods against Ivar. We had Kofi on commentary. With all due respect, Kofi was no John Moxley. No, he couldn't cuss.
0: <laughs> Imagine Kofi on pay-per-view. You
2: know, hey, hey, Woods, fuck this guy. <laughs> Michael Cole. We finally got his match ratings. He gave Kofi and Ivar five stars two weeks ago. Yeah,
0: I, d- I don't know. Like, I mean, I looked up because I think uh, the Observer actually gave this three and uh, three quarters. So... Fair. um. Cole clearly has his own little, you know, notebook or whatever, like he writes a newsletter for all the boys in the back, perhaps about his own star ratings. I'd love to know his star ratings.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe Michael Cole would mention that uh, I, too, was doing HTML for John McAdams website in exchange for VHS tapes back in the day
0: well maybe he was at this point who knows we know he has a de- you know very secretive uh, deep-rooted history with professional wrestling
2: yeah then you know this guy has a you know just a fortress of uh memorabilia at home yeah. wade mentions uh eric's injury uh or yeah eric's injury and that it's a eye for an eye and kofi immediately jumps on the pun it's ivar for an ivar so may- maybe this could be my commentary partner <laughs> Ivar, a great
0: new day member i think
2: Ivar smashes him into the side of the ring um, or sorry, misses Woods running into the side of the the ring. Woods gets him up for a DVD crowd is with him. And then uh, Ivar comes down with a seated splash and then Ivar misses coming off the top and he's caught with the backwoods as Xavier wins in eight minutes and four seconds. Kofi comes into the ring, delivers uh, gets hit with a spin kick by Ivar as, as does Woods and then drops Kingston on top of Woods. Ivar climbs to the top and hits the most incredible moonsault onto both of them. And I think it was Woods who was on the bottom. I would have been scared out of my mind underneath oh, another guy as this three hundred pounder was going to deliver this moonsault. It's quite a, on, it up.
0: honestly, I don't know which one I, I would prefer to to be in, in in that sort of sandwich. You know, I am sure neither felt that great, but um, they're really making this moonsault feel like a big deal. I love that they continue to give it these sort of situations to spotlight it. At this point, I'm, though, with this program, starting to feel like it's very much like Imperium versus Alpha Academy. They're just kind of like, you know, on a merry-go-round a little bit too often. Next week, we're getting Kofi versus Ivar again. Yes, I know Eric is injured, but, man, you have to be a little bit more creative with some of these match types or, or just, you know, throw some other people in the mix and continue to tell your story without necessarily just giving us the same match every single week.
2: Get a moonsault battle with uh, Eoskai. Love uh, to see that. Ivar the moonsault. Huh? Like the over the moon salt, but it's. I've, oh, okay. goodness. Wow. Okay, I'm tired. Wow. Michael Cole interviews Seth Rollins in the ring, goes over all the nicknames he's come up with for Seth over the years, and including the puppeteer, but says Seth is the real puppet here. And he asks Cole, what are you doing? And Cole tells him, You're a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer. Why are you going into one of the most brutal matches ever? Your back is hanging by a thread, which I don't think is how backs. Stay together, but his career could end on Saturday. Why, Seth? And Rollins asks Cole, how long have you been calling the action here? And he says, 26 years. And I've missed two shows during that time. And Seth looks like, what? <laughs> he says, Cole, you're addicted and you love it. And that's what it's like for me in this ring. I've given everything I have and I'm gonna leave it all in the ring, no matter what, and what it costs me in order to fill my responsibility. I want to show my daughter an example. It's like, I can promise you, if you come home in a wheelchair telling your daughter that I had to beat Shinsuke Nakamura at Fast Lane, which was like the setup for like a bigger premium live event, she'd be like, Dad, you are a puppet. She would not be impressed with this moral judgment that you hold yourself to. So Nakamura appears on the screen. And we've got the subtitles. He's sick of listening to this nonsense, and asks if Seth's back injury is a lie to get sympathy. It's like, dude, you've been targeting this back. You better hope it's a legit injury. Like, what? What, what do you? What's the purpose of your being for the last month? So he then is distracting Seth with by being on the screen, but then. Shinsuke appears from behind and nails him with the Kinshasa and Nakamura beats down Seth. He repeatedly is trying to count to 10, but Seth would continually get up until a backbreaker on the chair and Nakamura does the fastest count to 10 and holds up the belt. So he mm-hmm. kind of won. He he could have just called this like this was the win. <sighs> yeah, honestly, if someone had never seen the last man standing match and watched this like this is how you win <laughs> and I'm supposed to watch this for uh for money on saturday no thank you Uh, i mean it's on the surface yes and in
0: execution it's not the most um i guess um i don't know immediately gratifying type of match but i think given the story come on it makes perfect sense doesn't it john like first of all i thought a really good promo from rollins he reminded us that he could get into the serious mode when he needs i prefer this much to what he did i don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago where he it sounded like a bit of a bad macho man impression tonight i thought it was great and i thought it was a great use of michael cole's a perfect nearly perfect attendance record to what happened all those two days i wonder
2: i you want to remember? say i remember he's talked about it i think one was like literally it was like his son's wedding or, or something okay which i always thought was like crazy That was like your dad is like has this job for however many years and you scheduled your wedding on a monday night as I recall, it was like very odd. Wedding venues like are tough to book sometimes. Uh, I guess so. so perhaps I, I don't know what the other one. Is, maybe that. I, maybe,
0: I, maybe it was just like to see, how, like whether or not that would this would get my dad to take a day off. Yeah, I mean just. uh yeah, it's quite that's different. incredible. 26 years to only miss two days. I mean, yeah, like he he deserves some praise here and I'm glad he got it. But I also continue to love the way that they use Nakamura in these sort of um pretty unconventional ways. You know, they 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 found a pretty interesting way of integrating those subtitles into a live setting tonight. Um, And I thought they made a great way to uh, illustrate for people who aren't aware what a last man standing match is, uh, even though you thought it was.
2: Not that. No, it, it, it was a fine segment. I'm just stating for for the person that would not even know what the, this match is. I don't know if this was the greatest commercial for it. Becky's in a sling backstage and runs into Tegan Knox. She explains she's not cleared, but when I am, we're gonna have a fight. And Tegan's like, "I know." Good chat. And someday. Natalia just walks in. That was all we saw Becky on this show, wasn't it?
0: just a second it was yeah i mean i imagine she's on the tour bus you know anyway with with rollins traveling right so she's probably and they anyways. continually
2: noted she'll be on nxt tomorrow as well oh okay but well, man that's a lot of flying for her yeah uh, it is yeah yeah natalia walks in and just explains to tegan we got off on the wrong foot i respect you so much and i'm proud of you and i, I know that you're gonna get it done when you finally get your match with becky lynch and she's like, "Cool, thanks." Very trusting is Tegan Knox. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, this is Natalia seemingly working up a new character. She's kind of like playing um, what is it, insincere friend? Maybe she was sincere. You're right. We don't know.
2: Chelsea Green and Tegan Knox, very short match. They got uh, two minutes and five seconds here. Natalia comes out to stop Piper Niven as Tegan hits the molly go round, followed by the shiniest wizard. And Natalia gets in the ring. She gives her a hug, and now they're best friends. I did like the fact that. If she's going to turn on her, they're not doing it in like the span of twenty minutes because that would have been so groan-inducing. It just would have made Tegan look like a fool here. Um, but they're oh, going to dra- yeah. draw this out of whether Natalia has turned over a new leaf or finding out in two weeks. Guess what? She hasn't. They,
0: they they have a lot of hours to fill, and I think you know executing a turn that quickly would be uh, pretty detrimental because I don't know how many other women they have um, with any sort of like you know notoriety at this point.
2: Maybe so they I... had all this creative uh, written for Drew McIntyre and Riddle, and they're like, well, we could burn this creative or we could just pass it on to someone else
0: could be could be but you know this gave us i think the promise of a continued storyline for both tegan knox and natalia coming off of you know what i would presume to be a loss for tegan against becky lynch whenever that will be um and that's promising you know and beyond that it seems like they're at least trying to build a new tag team here with the two um Not that like, man, I'm clamoring that much for a Piper, Niven, and Chelsea Green title defense at any point because they continue to book them like they're nothing. Um, But nonetheless, I'm happy for Tegan and Natalia to get what looks to be a new role.
2: Saxton interviewed Jey Uso. He says him and Cody are good. We're going for the tag belts. We're good. Great. Drew McIntyre comes out. San Jose, what should we talk about? And he did this in the most sarcastic way. It was like really funny.
0: Really great. Yeah.
2: He does not have to explain himself to anyone in the locker room. He only answers to his fans. He's going to stop being the savior, getting involved in fights he doesn't start. And when he hasn't helped, it's not like anyone else is coming from the locker room to help. So they're all hypocrites backstage. I mean, point taken. He calls it a weakness, not a strength of those forgiving Jay Uso so easily. So the Miz comes out and he's pissed that he canceled Miz TV last week. And, or this week, I should say. And argues that he stood up. For Drew, and they're trying to get a shut up Miz chant going as his new thing to go along with tiny balls. Drew explains he's not the type of person that's going to attack people behind their back. I'm going to win my matches and move to the top, and I want to fight you. But Miz says, you're two-faced, you play both sides, it's whatever benefits Drew McIntyre. And Miz says, I'm going to be the bigger man and walk away. And then as Drew turns his back, he runs at him, hits him with the microphone, and Drew knocks him out of the ring, and we get an impromptu match with Drew against Miz in a suit.
0: Yes, Miz in a suit. Um, I thought the Miz was continues to be really good in these sort of roles, Um Again, he plays, like, very much the, you know, representative of the, the dark side. He's the devil on Drew's shoulder trying to pull him in. And I really like the way that they're handling Drew on his path to, first of all, like, think he can resist the power of, of, of the dark side, I guess, but... um And also, like, just the way they're generally presenting Drew, where, like, he continues to give you great logic for why he's not agreeing with the baby faces. You understand his perspective.
2: But you also... It's almost too much logic as I'm watching this. Like, you did have more of the, like, the heel, like, last week watching Kofi get beaten up. But I think, by and large, I think you look at this guy, I was like, this is is a fine case that he has to make. It's It's a fine case, but
0: ultimately, you still know that it's the heroic thing to do to help somebody... When they're down, you know. And beyond that, you look at the other actions of the other babyfaces that you also respect, like a Sami Zayn or Cody, and their ability to forgive and forget. And you know, you you look for that in somebody as I think you know morally high as you know the old Drew Drew McIntyre character. This is all to say this sort of debate is way more interesting than ninety nine percent of the heel turns that we've ever had in professional wrestling's history. So the fact that we could even understand a guy's side to this extent i think is wonderful storytelling um being able to continue to add lines like you know the only people i care about are the fans and having somebody like the oppose opposing continues to also like blur these lines in a really good way it's almost to the point now where um you you're left guessing is this guy actually turning heel or is this going to be a straight up baby face versus you know like disagreeing you know type of match that he has with cody um but it's all making this feel like much more of a realistic you know disagreement and much more real, realistic potential heel turn for drew
2: do you think this drew mcintyre if he was uh, walking down the street and there was uh somebody on on the ground that was like motionless and he knows cpr would he just keep walking
0: I mean, at this point, yeah, the new Drew would mind his own business and not get involved because who has helped him if he, you know, was on the ground and needed CPR?
2: He, he would help this guy with CPR and then they would like break the guy's ribs and he'd sue him. Drew's uh, like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting involved anymore. I'm he, not getting comes involved.
0: A, he comes across it like a guy who's been screwed like that. Yeah. So he's like, you know, he's succumbing to, I think, like his past, his traumatized past with the bloodline. And he's not overcoming those things. He's he's choosing to, to do what the villains did to him.
2: Drew uh, takes on the Miz and we had some tiny balls chance. Uh, Miz gets thrown around with belly to bellies, but then catches him with a lung blower in the ropes. And Miz goes to take the turnbuckle pad off, but doesn't achieve getting it off as he's caught by the referee. So Drew hits the Glasgow kiss and he goes to do the countdown, but then grabs his sword. So, the referee takes the sword away because that's not part of the rules where you can slice this man's head off. So, as he turns his back to remove a deadly weapon, at, Drew goes over to the corner, removes the turnbuckle pad, and nails Miz's head into the exposed buckle, and then hits the Future Shock DDT to win in 352. So, you don't know what the purpose of this is until he gets onto the microphone and says, I'm not the same man I was 30 seconds ago. I'm sorry. And since I apologized, that means I'm forgiven. Yay, (laughs) dude. It was in this moment that I was like, I, I enjoy this character a lot now. Like this is is the best I can do anything, but as long as I apologize, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, it's. A 10-year-old's logic when they're being forced to apologize for, for doing something that they shouldn't have done, right? Uh, but but to use it in this context for a babyface that is about to turn heel but not really recognizing that he is turning heel in front of our eyes was perfect, okay? The Miz trying to cheat and then Drew instead recognizing, hey, I can use this opportunity to just cheat myself just so I can prove a point about how, how much of a grudge I hold over Jey Uso I think is just so perfect for a heel, like a modern heel turn where you see a million of these types on the internet you know on twitter every thing, single day with this sort of logic yes
2: i, w- I want to see him like do something heinous on tv and then the next day he posts something in like a notes app on on twitter
0: yeah i'm sorry <laughs> now i could be forgiven great that's you can forget me. about this and you can move
2: on that's not me with a with like a smiling emoji yeah They showed highlights of Dominic and trick Williams from Saturday and Jackie Redman interviews trick Williams. I really like that. They brought him in here for this, this interview segment on raw. Cause did you get to see this match? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. It was obviously trick Williams was one of the most popular people on the show. I did not think this was a great match on, on Saturday, but it was the outcome that I think people were the most. um, I, I think it was like a title change. They maybe didn't quite see. And they're very high on trick. I think that's that was clear.
0: Oh, very much so. And I thought it was the right call. Honestly, like, um, again, um, I think the the lit last minute change gave him a lot of um, extra buzz and momentum heading into the event on um, Saturday. And yeah, like he's not necessarily at the level of a Carmelo um, when it comes to, you know, people that feel ready for the main roster. But I think he has the size, you know, he has the charisma and I feel like that's going to be enough for him to at least you know be part of his
2: promo here i'm six foot four (laughs) like he just gave off his measurements and
0: listen um if he if he wasn't that he'd have to wrestle like dragon lee right and um if dragon lee was this big he probably wouldn't have to wrestle like dragon lee himself either so um i love the fact that they continue to make nxt feel like it's part of the same world and by giving this sort of spotlight to people that are like buzzworthy at the moment. It it gives them a chance to be integrated into the main roster while also um you know Make helps this promote NXT. feel
2: like something important tomorrow. Totally. Yeah. So he's confronted by Dominic, J.D., and Rhea, and Dominic notes he's not coming to NXT alone. So not only are you getting Becky on the show, but it looks like you're getting J.D. McDonough and Rhea Ripley on the show as well tomorrow. So hmm. um, they're loading up tomorrow, and I can only imagine what they are going to do for next Tuesday. Probably some big angles tomorrow, I would think, that could set up um, maybe you – yeah, it's uh, there's, there's a lot of possibilities, I guess, of what you could do.
0: Brock Lesnar, just bring it on.
2: Jackie brings out Cody Rhodes, and uh he says that judgment day is gonna be at SmackDown. So will I, and so will Jay. And we're gonna win the tag titles at Fast Lane, and it's gonna be a very different Monday Night Raw. And this this was interesting because you do have Cody listed for all these SmackDown shows, and he has done SmackDowns, but dark match segments. And it is something if they put the tag titles on them, and you can have Cody and Jay going back and forth. Not the worst transition when John Cena wraps up his dates on SmackDown and you you potentially have something where you have Cody able to do Fridays.
0: I I mean, it's sensible that you would have Cody, you know, be, be sort of like a replacement, although is not Roman coming back. Roman's coming back
2: a week from Friday, but I don't know how he's only advertised for that Friday. I don't know how many appearances he's going to have.
0: I just wouldn't love the fact that they like, I wouldn't love Jay going back so quickly. You Mm -hmm. know, you're still trying to create that separation with him on his own, right?
2: Well, he's there on Friday. So that is, uh, hmm. we have no matches. It's just, they're all going to be here on SmackDown on Friday.
0: Interesting. So yeah, it makes you wonder if they'll have he'll have any interaction with the Usos, you would think, or sorry, with Jimmy, you would think so.
2: Alpha Academy are in the locker room, and Gable could never be disappointed in Otis. He says Imperium will pay, and then he just goes off. He says Gunther has peaked, and Gable has not. I don't know if Gunther has peaked, uh, because he had a 22-minute, uh, counter argument coming up and he said all those idiots will pay and he just screams and storms off next monday on raw pending any injuries or changes becky lynch against tegan knox for the nxt women's title i guess what do you get that odds 50 50 becky versus tegan yes
0: um, Tegan get
2: her match what could go wrong in the next jeez
0: i mean it's a pretty deep cut so yeah i would say 50
2: <laughs> ivar against kofi kingston in a viking rules match and Nia Jax against Raquel Rodriguez in Omaha. The main event is Gunther and Tommaso Ciampa for the Intercontinental title. This match was great. Mm -hmm. Ciampa is going for the Sicilian stretch very early on. Have you adapted to this Sicilian stretch name yet? I mean,
0: sure, yeah.
2: He goes to the rope, uh, Gunther takes over, and now we get into the chop battle. He drops Ciampa um, onto the edge of the apron. Uh, we go through about two commercial breaks, and the chops just intensify from both of them, including Ciampa draped in the corner and this big chop and boots him to the floor. Champa lands a knee strike and sends Gunther off the apron, and Gunther had missed a chop with his hand and hit the announcer's desk, so his right hand is destroyed. Uh, from this chop to the announcer's desk. And Ciampa goes after the hand. So Gunther has to transition and use his left hand to chop. The willow's bell is hit. He blocks the fairy tale ending. And then Ciampa starts kicking at the injured hand. There's a shotgun drop kick from Gunther. And then as uh, Gunther tries to lift him, the hand is too damaged. And we get Ciampa with a big near uh, near fall off a knee strike. And then the Sicilian stretch, but Gunther gets to the rope. They go back to trading chops. Gunther even uses the bad hand and Champa blocks it. Tries to lift Gunther, but it's countered. And we get two power bombs from Gunther and applies the rear naked choke. And he puts Champa unconscious and just drops him to the mat like uh, John Jones dumping Lyoto Machida. And... Mm. It stopped in 22 minutes and 54 seconds. Just a, I thought, excellent main event that Raw had.
0: An outstanding, outstanding match that, I mean, in a short amount of time, did a whole lot for Tommaso Ciampa. Again, he's the type of talent that um, really just kind of needed to be given microphone time and a long TV match with. This was the, like
2: last half hour when you include the entrances, a yeah. lot of time given to this.
0: This was, I think, you would you say like Ciampa's biggest. Certainly of this current run, I, I have to really think back to like, you know, everything he's done on the main roster. But this was like the most notable thing he's had in a long, long time. And they gave him a finish where he didn't tap out. Um, He sort of like had a heroic, you know, pass out and really like, you know, gave gave Gunther like he was given a lot against Gunther. So much in the same way as, you know, the Gable match really benefited Chad Gable coming out of it. I thought you had, you know, to a smaller extent, um, the same quality for Tommaso Ciampa tonight.
2: So Gunther just walks off with the title as Vinci and Kaiser go after Ciampa and he's getting beaten down. The announcers are yelling. He's he's still out from the choke. And then all of a sudden the music plays. Fortunately, this is the music that no one pops for because it's not the the theme that people associate with Johnny Gargano, who returns from from the witness protection program and he runs down fighting off Vinci and Kaiser and then him and J- first of all, the, like the lower, the lower graphic is showing up and they are racing against the clock here. They lock eyes and they hit the meeting in the middle onto Vinci. Boom. They cut to black and they are gone. So they, they just got this spot in at the very last second of the show. It seemed like they were racing uh, against the clock here, um, but Gargano's back. He's aligned with Ciampa and Feuding with Imperium, it would seem. Seems like mm-hmm. the, Imperium's feuding with a lot of teams now.
0: They might be done with the Alpha Academy at this point. Like, you know, who who really Cable's knows?
2: Cable's not done with them. No, he didn't get the memo.
0: <laughs> True, you're right. Um, DILI's reunion is a long, long time coming here on the main roster, and... um i'm not exactly sure i guess they had to wait for this um their match to to do it uh but we finally got there i thought it was a really good good you know final segment too bad it had to be so rushed but i also think the fact that it was on tv instead of fast lane was was a benefit to it
2: think of the pop he would have got if his return was in omaha next week i mean man they really
0: in front of his family it.
2: man yeah so there you go that was raw um I thought an excellent main event. This is one of the better uh, raw matches in some time. I thought it was just yeah. tremendous. And the Gunther run, like as long as it's gone, I, I can't say I feel this is dragging in any way. I mean, his big matches feel so important. And when you can go out and do 22 minutes, 23 minutes, really. Um, yeah, this match uh, just it, it was excellent. I just thought they've elevated this title so effectively.
0: Yeah, I would say like maybe a shortcoming of this particular match is the, the build didn't feel all that big. Like it it felt pretty obvious that it was going to be a gun gunther retention. Um and I don't know if Ciampa ultimately felt that big going into the match, especially if it was going to be at fast lane. But um coming out of this, obviously like teaming up with Gargano immediately improves his stock, both of their stocks really. Um so I look forward to seeing what sort of storytelling they can do. First feud against Imperium, and then beyond that, at some point, whenever what what are we talking about? Judgment Day, you know? Maybe they'll fit, they'll, they'll be the ones to beat Judgment Day for the tag titles.
2: DIY, yeah, hmm? yeah. I mean, they they're certainly bolstering this tag division um, with, with with the two of them. So, um, yeah, that was the. That was the conclusion of Raw with the return of Johnny Gargano. But we will open it up. If you want to send in any super chats, you are welcome to do so. We'll get to your questions. And we have feedback, uh, including from uh, we got uh, some live feedback from people oh. at the show. We got some super chats
0: here. The first one comes to us from Hernese de la Cruz. Thank you, Hernese. He says, Hangman versus Swerve had a 20 minute time limit. Does Hangman come out and say it was a draw or does the feud still end?
2: Forgot to send it yesterday. Did they go over the time? They went over twenty minutes. Um, that would by, be, by how much? Do you remember? Um, I, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, not by much. I mean, it, it, dude, it sounds like an awful like It just follow. sounds
0: like it was a mistake and and for that reason, um if it's not officially recognized, I imagine they won't bring it up. Especially, I mean, uh, I know Hangman did a promo afterwards. I don't like I get the sense he's still a baby face coming out of this and that the, the Yeah, I think was this was still, like we've seen. Um, and this where... sort of this sort of like complaint feels very heelish. I do think he they, they might bring it up though, you know. But then it makes the company look bad, doesn't it? Doesn't it expose yeah. the company for not sticking to their times?
2: I, I like didn't even uh, register if they even said that about the time. Why would that be a 20 minute time limit? But then they have plenty of other matches that go over 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what they announced. I, I yeah. don't uh, really pay attention. Erniece, I think this would be a really uh, lame way to follow up that that match, which was an excellent match on, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's, it's something that obviously like AEW they've leaned into many times where it's sometimes it's it's a baby face, but he's going into enemy territory. And that can make for a cool environment rather than doing the traditional where it's like you fight the crowd um, and you have like Hangman or sorry, Swerve come out before the show and just diss Seattle or something. And then it's just an inauthentic, like it it doesn't feel real. Why fight against
0: the tide when you can use it to your advantage to create the, the incredible moment that Seattle had and Swerve had that evening? Like that's an... A match that I think at this point um, was Swerve's biggest in AEW, and I think it might be a career highlight for him. You know, and and we're sophisticated enough to understand that in certain home areas, this person could be a babyface for one night, and the other person a heel for one particular night. The rematch, you even on Wednesday, I could see that completely flipping already. What what do you
2: see for Swerve coming out of this? Like, do you see?
0: I think you built F- to a F- rematch. No, personally, I think you built to a rematch. I think there's more story to tell with, with the two, but you're right. Like, maybe they'll they'll
2: take a break. Uh, MJF challenge coming out of this thing. But there is- was that emphasis on becoming the first black AEW champion, and you've just beaten one of the big guys. So, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't see that happening next week on the the title Tuesday, um, but I could mm-hmm. see MJF defending the title next week, whether it's Jay White, whether it's somebody else. Um,
0: yeah, I can very much see it, too. Um, maybe it's Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> but I think Swerve should be the guy who actually beats MJF. And and for that reason, uh, I, I don't know if you do it just like for, for an unsuccessful defense. Like I could see him being a guy who like racks up so many wins and he's, he becomes so successful that like he could challenge an MJF and actually beat him on the first try. Obviously like they could do rematches and whatnot, but yeah, that, that, that would be a logical step as well. But I ultimately see like another match with Hangman, like not sooner than later. I think let's go to Brandon from New Jersey. The one of the new co-hosts of Eagle. Eagles don't catch flies. Don't hunt flies. Oh, sorry. Don't hunt flies. Eagles don't hunt flies. The latest podcast to debut on poison. Rana coming up where he Dickie bird and Martin Bushby of former BWE fame will be going through the career and highlights of John Moxley. So, um, Personally, I liked it when he, um, when when Bushby was playing around with the idea of calling this mox tape, <laughs> the mox tape. But it's it's much good. Um, maybe they'll save that for for a t shirt or something. But uh, eagles don't hunt flies. An incredible video that they made to promote it as well. So go on the poison rana social media and uh, look for that. Uh, happy to hear Martin Bushby come back to the airways with with Brandon from New Jersey on a.
2: What what if the three of them called each other the Ambrose?
0: uh completely perfect yes looking forward to it all right brandon says i know this is going to come across as a dumb question but bear with me who would wear a bigger collar at a brunch chatri sit dong or dana white um who's chatri sit dong
2: he's the head of one championship and uh yeah there's been uh I, I guess some uh back and forth uh that they've been having i i have no idea brandon i i don't even know what you're asking it is a dumb question but um he wears a
0: pretty big collar. Yeah, that's uh. Container. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Brandon. As always, um, late. you know, making John Pollock speechless as you usually do. Okay, let's go to forum.postwrestling.com.
2: I will take Jesse's feedback tonight. A uh, great raw from. SAP Center in San Jose, the city of New Japan, scene of the crime, when Monet took the IWGP women's title from Kairi Sane, which the Pirate Princess could return to WWE, which leaves me this question. With the Abima WWE deal set to start, will Shinsuke win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship for Japan and be the first official Japanese WWE World Champion? And another question, do you think Edge's AEW debut overshadow the Anoki Memorial theme of Wrestle Dream if it's going to be an annual thing for AEW?
0: Goodness, wow. You, did, did you take any breath in that? Uh, nope there was no opportunity
2: for me to take a breath in there yeah
0: um very impressive john um so jesse uh i, I clearly your your period um key still is not fixed or no, he's or,
2: actively ignored your
0: yeah.
2: subtle um constructive criticism. he has, he seems to ask
0: great questions you know like has great use of the uh, the, the abima deal it's more. just
2: like it's it's a broadcast deal in japan they're they're not they're not going to be doing some big change just because they have a deal in in japan like it's uh no i would that be the reason to put a title on shinsuke no um like i I don't see them flipping the title and i wouldn't see that being the catalyst for it Um,
0: it's funny because like a month ago i would have said yeah put the title on shinsuke but i think i was just that much more like excited about this this like subtitle (laughs) gimmick than i was and i at this point i do kind of see like there are long-term limitations with doing that with like you know um other different challenges whereas Seth Rollins I think you still have a lot of big matches you could you could do with his uh, current run. So yeah, I don't and see it The happening.
2: the Edge debut overshadowing the Anoki Memorial. I mean, it was like you had this excellent dude. I thought they went above and beyond like doing the show about that Like let's be honest, like there's a huge portion of your audience that is not going to have lived through Antonio Inoki or at least are not going to understand like the the size of his uh, contributions in professional wrestling history. I thought it was a really great ceremony they did for him. And it's like in his honor, they, Put out like one of the best pay-per-views you're gonna see like i think that's
0: yeah in no world do i see oh this is an antonio antonio Noki tribute. we can't have edge debut <laughs> on the show
2: <laughs> sorry can't you're, sign gonna have you, to, you're gonna have to debut in stockton california instead with a surprise
0: like ultimately you're yeah like a show could use a theme sure but ultimately you're here to deliver a pay-per-view uh, like an entertaining professional wrestling show and and that's what they did let's go to uh back to the super chats here andy sends a hundred rupees thank you andy he says did today's raw feel disheveled and like it underwent a lot of last limit last minute changes also cole said a puppet a manipulator was that a cm punk reference
2: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um you know he also um yeah he he also was holding a microphone was that a punk reference
0: yeah i mean you know one could argue Johnny gargano's theme song i mean is he maybe has uh, some hint of a punk music uh influence you know
2: yeah is that a cm punk reference? i mean at the end of at the end of the show i had definitely gotten my fill <laughs> of pro wrestling for the night do you think that was uh by design
0: clear yeah um
2: anyway um did it feel disheveled yes yeah, yeah it ways, did, yeah. Th- tonight felt and listen some of it like probably a quite a bit of it it did feel as though it was probably out of their control like this this was not a show like again this morning you looked they had a ton of stuff announced and it just seemed like there were um issues i mean whether it was people not being cleared or um just other issues like it just felt like yeah it, it did feel like a show that had been shuffled around significantly mm-hmm. yeah did have that feel to it and and okay like the follow-up question to that
0: is yeah it, it like how much of that is is Vince McMahon man I mean, I could see this shit happening anyway for any professional wrestling show. You know, Dynamite, I think it happens all the time too, just just because of injuries, people not being
2: cleared. And- I mean, one difference than, like, the Vince shows that would always get changed is that every match that was announced had an explanation for why it was not happening. On They explained Damian Priest and Jey Uso. They explained Becky Lynch and Tegan Nox. Um, Like, those were the two matches that didn't happen that were advertised, and they, like, in the, like, the couple of years ago you would announce something and if it was changed it was just never mentioned again it was like uh like we see what when, when someone's cut now and most of all replaced by trick williams it's just we won't just mention it at all mm-hmm. um at least this one like they gave you a reason all right we also get from martin bushby
0: sends a super chat to say ambrose for life so i think you just created a new moniker john we got it the ambrose uh thank you very much martin All right, let's go to Shane, who was at the show in San Jose. Long time no here, Shane. Nice to hear you uh, or nice to see your feedback. He said, she says, I was at the show. I don't follow WWE on a week-to-week basis, but I thought the first segments with the women's brawl leading into the Judgment Day confrontation was excellent. Unfortunately, everything after that dragged a lot. My biggest highlight was seeing that there's another McDonough out there supporting my
2: boy Dom. Yes. (laughs) Very clever. Welcome. Uh, We go to Muggin." Drew McIntyre's descent into darker territory was rooted in logic and using the future shock as his finish made a bunch of sense with how over the Claymore is. Tegan Knox got plenty to do tonight and Becky's 11 stitches are a blessing in disguise as it gives her another week to build. The cold open with the women's bra was effective and the paparia got was terrific. Speaking of Dom, it would be beyond criminal for Trick Williams to lose the North American title tomorrow. As far as I'm concerned, there's a bigger story with the crestfallen mellow. Judgment Day needs to stay out of NXT. And he says, Gunther and Ciampa felt like takeover, stand and deliver all over again. That match was just, just as ill as their match two years ago. And Johnny Wrestling made his return to top it off. DIY is back, baby. Um, I think the uh, question of, uh, so do you see a title change tomorrow? With uh, I wouldn't, I I would think like there's a pretty decent possibility of it happening. Like the idea of like Dominic failing, especially when you have Rhea and JD there as backup. Um, I, I could see him losing it.
0: I, but I I totally agree with Muggin that I think it's it's far more interesting to see Carmelo's reaction to being the one not having a championship among the two, um, as a way to you know continue to turn his turn him heel potentially, um,
2: I or or you could have like Carmelo try to come and it's like he's outnumbered so Carmelo's is going to be in Trick's corner and he does something and it screws up and it's this further like did Carmelo per, could Carmelo not stand him having this title and. Mm-hmm screwed him at the end and you'll have the plausible deniability by carmelo to state i just had your back and
0: i think that's a wonderful idea as well john you know not only do you get to springboard into the feud that way um but you also get to keep the belt on dominic which you know has proven to be a difference maker for the ratings but um the other thing is okay let's say Trick keeps the title dominic has finished his run so far in nxt who do you get to replace both he and rhea ripley at this point who who basically takes on that role beyond Becky Lynch from the main roster? It could be anybody, you, of course, but they'll need somebody else, right?
2: Yeah, I I mean you can certainly I mean there there isn't like that that group that has the like I don't see them throwing like like Jimmy and Solo Sokoa down on NXT. It seems like a kind of a awkward fit. But I mean ultimately you can take whoever you want, but it's like they they've got to have like the certain uh, star power but I, I don't see them wrapping this up with Judgment Day I think they're kind of perfect for that that role for a, mm. a lot of reasons yeah.
0: last one is uh, you oh okay uh, this one comes to us from Manny from Pocoima, who says a really solid episode the beginning segment was a great way to kick off Raw Rhea Ripley came across like such a badass I feel she could tell the line between heel and face in WWE similar to Moxley because she's punk rock like that huh Is that a reference? Prayers for Dom. My boy is going to get his suitcase thrown at him tomorrow when Trick retains. Unloving the NXT integration on the main roster, the main event was fantastic and hard-hitting. Ciampa's promo early in the night really got the crowd behind him, and Gunther more than held his own on the mic. Now that DIY is back, I look forward to a future match with Imperium and hopefully a better focus on the tag division on both brands. That includes giving wild... uh, yeah. Wild and Del Toro. some matches as well. I have to remember who's wild. Yes. Uh, Joaquin wild. Joaquin wild. I, yeah. I can't get used to that name, but all right.
2: Okay. Well, thanks everyone for the feedback and just looking here at uh fast lane for this Saturday. So the, the latest lineup that we have, we have f- six matches announced Seth Rollins and Nakamura last man standing match, John Cena and LA Knight against Jimmy Uso and solo Sokoa in the tag match, EO sky Oscar and Charlotte flair for the women's title. And this is interesting. They are promoting the LWO as Ray Santos Escobar. Oh, and either Joaquin mm. Wilde or Cruz del Toro. So it'll be one of the two teaming with them against Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. So it will be a six-man tag. Uh, Judgment Day against Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso for the undisputed tag titles. And, uh, oh, is this, it was just, just announced. It's a fatal mm. four-way match for the Intercontinental title with Gunther, Chad Gable, Bronson Reed, and Tommaso Ciampa. Which might be the match of the show. I guess they maybe they announced that after the show tonight.
0: I haven't even seen that, so um, I mean, you're. I'm going by... off
2: Wikipedia. So Same here. That's Gunther
0: uh... Fastlane. Let me let me just double check this and make sure it wasn't somebody. <laughs> be quite the troll to just randomly add this to Fastlane. Gunther Champa, uh,
2: cable. We'll put we'll, we we will put an asterisk.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't even know
2: that if match because uh, it's actually um... happening so okay well people can uh, <laughs> figure it out it may or may not be happening well, we if it is happening off. uh
0: sh- sounds like a great match didn't go off wikipedia really anyway, this is really bothering me let's let, let, let's let's go
2: on their official <laughs> our official website here um do you i'm on the Fastlane site and yeah, it, it is listed? not um <laughs> this, is, this is just it's not it's not listed on uh like the fast lane site itself. So unless they like just quickly mention this on like raw talk or something, uh, I don't, I don't see this listed here. So right. um that may or may not be happening. We'll see yeah, more on this later. All right. So there's a Big mystery we'll-
0: that I don't think anybody really cares about that much. Uh One last super chat comes to us from LCT who says those blue and red tag belts need to go. They seem to be building tag teams on both brands. Are we going to get a split WWE and
2: world tag team belt? No, I don't think we are I think they I think they like the fact that you can put the belts on and overact and then you can move them back and forth. And I think it makes it kind of intriguing for that reason. I do not need more you do not need two sets of tag belts. you barely have a functioning tag division that I think one set of belts is more than enough, and I do not care at all what color they are
0: yeah, I agree like it, it really the the tag titles are sort of like you're a, a like they're your um, what do they call them? Hall, pass, hall pass, the hall pass belts, yes. Hall pass belts. Not that Cody and Jey Uso seem to need them this Friday, um.
2: But they did, yeah. There's a <laughs> yeah. yeah, uh, well. He used to be an EVP. You see, <laughs> that's it. And so you can, can make, do anything. You can make these unilateral moves. <laughs> Formerly
0: holding a cha- a title at another promotion gives you like powers, like in life.
2: Anyway, he's got like a universal key card that works at every <laughs> building in the country. Okay. Sure. Well, on that note, we are going to bid everyone a farewell on Tuesday night. We have got uh, up next with Braden Harrington and Davey Portman. In addition to trick Williams and Dominic, they have announced Gigi Dolan against Blair Davenport, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang against Butch and Tyler Bate. Becky Lynch is advertised and the start of the women's breakout tournament which is a uh, eight woman uh, single elimination tournament and then we will be back uh, Wednesday uh, myself and Brandon Thurston we're going to be joined by Brandon Ross from Lightshed Shed Partners uh, he is returning one of uh, I think our first returning guest on Pollock and Thurston so that is Wednesday at 3 Eastern and then Way and I are up at 10 Eastern immediately after Dynamite from Stockton California and we've got Rewind Away Thursday covering Predator Rewind to Smackdown Friday fast lane and collision course coverage on Saturday and then Sunday it is WH Park and rich fan as they are going to be breaking down season two of Brandon Silvestri Jeez. um you
0: should I hope you join them at, at some point John you know just One day I will yes. Break that uh,
2: that's I what can... I want my AI voice to be that that's when I get tired of doing <laughs> the, the audio
1: updates yeah
2: do not. WWE Raw is gonna be in San oh Jose. Goodness. What does WrestleTix have with tickets distributed? Oh I've distributed a lot of receipts for <laughs> tickets. We'd have to increase
0: the um the Patreon tier membership just to get the uh that's when inflation starts kicking our
2: ass. Yeah. That's when we gotta lean on just, that. Just to get the
0: yeah. Again, post where for this week you will get John Pollock reading all of his daily news updates to you on Wednesday and on Friday. And you know what? If you're if you ask nicely, if if there happens to be a quote from Loki this week, he will do it in his Loki voice.
2: Okay. Well, uh on that note, uh, we're gonna sign off and uh stay healthy this season. Mask up if you need to, and we will speak with you all later this week.
1: bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm